is it? Why is it so? What do you mean? It's like grainy. You think it's grainy? Yeah. Is it not? It is kind of grainy. It's very grainy. What do I do? I don't know. It's probably fine. But it is grainy. Also, you've already started it recording, so. Who goes first? Oh, well, first I should first, say. First of all, hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. This is uh, episode 10 of Myth and Monsters. I can't believe it's already the end of another it's month. It's been so many. I know. Crazy. Um, we are Eat, Drink, Ride, and Urban Fantasy whiteboard, and at the end of every month, we do a Myth and Monsters special. Yep. So this is today's. Now who wants to go first? <laughs> uh, I can go first. Okay. All right. Um, so I'm doing werewolves. Uh, and the reason for that is because they're just so broadly used in urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought it would be really cool to go over the history of werewolves, where they've come from, what different origins they have. Uh, just because for me, when I go over that kind of stuff, it gives, it like sparks ideas for me to use in my own urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it would be fun to do. Yeah, even if you don't use the werewolf stuff that's out there per se, this might jumpstart you into your own werewolf identity. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So to start, I'll give like a brief definition of what werewolves are and then okay. I'll go on from there. So werewolves are people who morph into vicious, powerful wolves, though in some stories they are more of a mutant combination between a human and a wolf. Um, usually they're depicted as bloodthirsty beasts who cannot control their lust for killing people and animals. But urban fantasy, I feel like, has shown werewolves in a lot of different lights. Mm -hmm. Like they have a lot of different demeanors and uh, the way that they act in the social structure that they that they have um in urban There's fantasy been stories. a lot of the twisting of the tropes like yeah like to do absolutely werewolves um so it's unclear exactly when and where the werewolf le legend uh, originated some scholars believe that the werewolf made its debut in the epic of gilgamesh which i thought was interesting because i've read some of gilgamesh in school i haven't read gilgamesh i've read uh uh, some of it in high school. I think I had to read some of it. Um, and I don't remember werewolves, but apparently, uh, you know, it's when Gilgamesh jilted a potential lover uh, because she had turned her previous mate into a wolf. And that's like kind of the first inkling or ideal of where werewolves came from, like men turning into what, wolves. What time frame is this that this came from? <sighs> I don't know. Because the, the first time that I had heard about it was in the Roman. Yeah. Okay. Does that come after that? Mother, you're okay. asking very much of me. I, I did not research that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just remember, you know, the whole story of the one child being a vampire and the one child being a, a werewolf. Well, I feel like that might be biased because that comes from Underworld. No. Underworld got it from Roman mythology. That's fair. I'm saying, but I think this is before that. Okay. That was why I asked if it was before or after Roman Pretty mythology. Pretty sure it's before. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Werewolves made another early appearance in Greek mythology with the legend of Lycaon. Or Lycaon. Um, right. So according to the legend, uh, he was the son of Pelascus, angered by God Zeus when he served him a meal made from the remains of a sacrificed boy. Um, as punishment, the enraged Zeus turned him into and his sons into wolves. So <laughs> That's horrifying. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Okay. Like Zeus had a right to turn him into I like I feel so. like Zeus could have done worse. 
True. True. Um, werewolves also emerge in early Nordic folklore. So it's, it's spread across multiple cultures, which is part of the reason why I wanted to do this is because shapeshifters and werewolves as a whole have been um, spread across cultures. It is something that is uh, a similarity. I mean, that's so fascinating to me how totally different cultures that speak totally different languages have these same ideas. Legends. Yeah. 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 Crazy. No, I thought so too. Uh, so in Nordic folklore, the saga of the Volsungs um, tells the story of a father and a son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. So that's like skinwalkers. Almost. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, which Irish legend has um, a similar uh, story with selkies, uh, where people turn into seals. Because they put on the... The seal pelts. Seal right. Pelt. Okay. Um, many so-called werewolves from centuries ago were, in fact, serial killers, uh, and France had its fair share of those. So, <laughs> Yay, France. Right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 1521, Frenchman Pierre Burgot uh, and Michael Verdun uh, allegedly swore allegiance to the devil and claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. After confessing to brutally murdering several children, they were both burned to death at the stake, which... Burning at the stake was thought to be one of the only ways to kill a werewolf. Um, and so that's why they were burned at the stake, was for that reason. And salt. And salt. salt. Yeah, salt or beheading or burning. beheading too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another one was Giles Garnier, known as the werewolf, the werewolf of Dole. Uh, and he was a 16th century Frenchman whose claim to fame was also an ointment with wolf morphing abilities, which I think is so interesting that, like, there were two stories where it's like, oh, it was an ointment that you used to turn into a wolf. Like, I wonder why. Like, how yeah. did that come about? I don't know. Um, according to legend, as a wolf, he viciously killed children and ate them. Uh, and he, too, was burned to death at the stake for his monstrous crimes. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that he, these people were actually just serial killers, uh, and killed people and children and whatever. And then they got branded as werewolves because of the times and the yeah. rumors and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, and that's where it, it came from. Ghastly beast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, and they both claimed to have this ointment that turned them into wolves. Um, and so that's where the idea of werewolf came uh, with these two cases. Okay. And so then I read something about the Bedberg werewolf, which is a German, German story. I feel like a lot comes from German. Yeah. That's where the, Grimm brothers yeah. from is Germany. Yeah. Um, and so this one is about this guy, uh, Peter Stubb, and he was a wealthy 15th century farmer in Bedburg, Germany. Um, and he might be the most notorious werewolf of them all in Germany. Um, according to folklore, he turned into a wolf-like creature at night and devoured many citizens of Bedburg. He was eventually blamed for the gruesome killings after being cornered by hunters who claimed they saw him shapeshift from wolf to human form. And I think that's really interesting because you have like an eyewitness account, you know, of a group of people being like, I saw him change into a wolf. Yeah. Um, and I always wonder like what, what really happened there? I mean, is it group, you know, psychosis? Is right. it because they were all so scared? You know, they were horrified by what they found. They couldn't. Right. Or did they see a shadow it? that or looked was it like really a werewolf? I mean, it, right. Right. Right, which would be fun to use in urban fantasy. It was like, I actually saw that. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. And I'm not a crazy person. Right, yeah. right. 
Um, so he experienced a, a grisly execution after confessing under torture to savagely killing animals, men, women, and children, and eating their remains. See, but when you're tortured... Exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. Uh, he also declared he owned an enchanted belt, which gave him the power to transform into a wolf at will. Interesting. Now, I've heard the belt story before, and in fact, I think Dresden Files mm -hmm. has a belt more along the um, skin walker thing right, as right. opposed to werewolf, but the belt Where you thing. use a piece of the yes. animal to change into yes. that animal. Yeah. Uh, not surprisingly, the belt was never found in his possession. Interesting. So, but he confessed under torture and all that kind of stuff um, under yeah, duress. Yeah, but... the urban fantasy story oh, absolutely. about that belt that he passed it on before he knew he was going to be captured yep. or whatever. It's some, so the belt keeps going. Yep. Yeah, no, I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I've never read a werewolf story about you know, oh, this belt was a um, an heirloom passed down in my family or yeah. passed down from my friend or whatever, you know. Or found, you know, people go to antique shops and buy these weird things. Right. Like, how would you like to come across a belt? Oh my and gosh. Suddenly you're a freaking werewolf. Right. Yeah. Um. So some legends maintain that werewolves shapeshifted at will due to a curse, uh, which is one that I've heard a lot. You know, it's a curse and you can't reverse it. And that's right. just, you know, you live as a werewolf. Yeah. Um, others state that they transform with the help of an enchanted sash or a cloak made of a wolf pelt. So again, that's along the lines of like the belt idea or yep. using a pelt. Yeah. Um, others claim that people became wolves after being scratched or bitten by a werewolf, which I think is a, a very popular um uh, legend because yeah. I, I read a story like countless stories about that oh you get scratched by a werewolf yeah. and therefore you become yeah. one too I mean yeah you got a dog I do um in many werewolf stories a person only turns into a wolf when there's a full moon again it's a it, that's a common trope uh that's a it's a common legend um that we hear about mm -hmm. and that theory may not be like super far-fetched uh according to a study conducted at Australia's Calvary Mater Newcastle Hospital, a full moon brings out the beast in many people, which we've okay. all heard about. Yes. We've talked about this before, being the DA, the duty DA, yeah. and how on, on full moons, people are just crazy. I'm sorry. There is something to it. Right, right. Well, there and that's what, this, that's what this study is, is saying, that they found that of the 91 violent acute behavior incidents at the hospital between August 2008, so this is recent, uh, in July 2009, 23% happened during a full moon. So there's a large chunk of percentage where the violence that occurred all year round happened during a full moon. I, there's something to that. I mean, and I know from personal experience that I'm not crazy. Well. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, really, there is something to the full moon thing, and I don't know what it is. I think so, too. But that does lend to urban... Right. And that lends to werewolf legends. Yeah. Um, because if, if violent activity is more likely to occur under the full moon, I mean, what else are mm -hmm. people going to think, right? Mm -hmm. um, patients attacked staff and displayed wolf-like behaviors such as biting, spitting, and scratching. Um, although many were under the influence of drugs or alcohol at the time, it's unclear why they became intensely violent when the moon was full. Yeah. So the, the common factor was still that the moon, the was, moon full. was full. Because they were all on medication whether the moon was full or not. Right. And then, so that's like the general, like very early history of werewolves. Um, more modern werewolves are... are Romulus uh, and Remus. That's the... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the Roman um, story. Right. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> just 
remembered it. My little, my old brain does that. It had a little brain fart regurgitation there. Sorry about that. Wow, lovely, lovely <laughs> words, lovely prose. It's very I'm good. I'm a writer. Hey. I mean, it gets across the imagery. You're not wrong. Um, and so this next paragraph that I have kind of goes into a few of the other ways that people might have become werewolves, uh, as opposed to just the scratched or bitten or whatever. Okay. Uh, so traditionally, uh, there were several ways that a person could become a werewolf. Um, in ancient Greece, it was believed that a person could be transformed by eating the meat of a wolf uh, that had been mixed with that of a man and that the condition after that was irre irreversible. So you had to be cannibalistic, also eating a wolf. What if it was by accident? What if you didn't know that? I imagine that if, would work as well. Yeah, what if the wolf had eaten a man and you were eating the stomach contents or what? It was just First of all, gross. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, if you're starving to death, you know. I mean, I suppose, but so yeah. It could be accidental or it could be intentional. People who wanted to become a werewolf could, I'm going to kill this person right and then also eat a wolf while i eat the person i could go towards the alignment stories that we do you know with that that would be neutral something evil. might even be chaotic honestly yeah we haven't done chaotic we yet. haven't so done we'll chaotic see. yet uh centuries later other methods were said to that were said to create werewolves included being cursed which we've talked about or being conceived under a new moon which I thought was really interesting because it has nothing to do with a full moon. There just is no moon. Uh, light, I guess. Yeah. Um, having eaten certain herbs, so I'm assuming things like wolfsbane. Interesting. Right. Or by sleeping under the full moon on a Friday. And I came across, I know, I came across uh, several stories that were like, especially if the full moon was on a Friday werewolves were likely to go crazy and i don't know what's special so, about a friday what about a friday the 13th with the full moon <laughs> right on halloween I know, right yeah just add <laughs> in that extra halloween, one because halloween's the 31st but right that right. is 13 backwards so, i know. mean true but in october <laughs> um and then another one was by drinking water that had been touched by a wolf which i've heard this one really? there's there's a story that i read where it's like if you drink the water from a paw print of a wolf, then that's what does it. And I actually use that in one of my stories. That is interesting. Yeah, which you haven't read. You haven't read the story of mine. No. But that's, that's I use that one and I thought that was super interesting. What's that um, show, uh, oh gosh, I, I hate this, I can't think of it. Um, it was very disturbing. Hemlock Grove. How did you know? <laughs> we do this, you know? <laughs> Hemlock Grove, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't there something about a paw print with the the water in the paw print and that? I, I don't remember. I don't remember. How did that guy turn into a werewolf? I, I really don't I, it remember. It had something to do, I think, with the paw print. Probably. And the water in the paw print. I'll have to rewatch that show. Me too. It was a really interesting, you're right, very disturbing show. Very, very disturbing. But it was very good. Interesting. Yeah. And so those are all the ways that, you know, the, the legends that I found where uh, you could create a werewolf. Um, and that's in the, the lore that exists in our world today. That is definitely all usable in urban fantasy. Agreed. Very helpful. Agreed. Yes. And so one last thing that I wanted to go into is why does silver affect them? Um, because yeah. that is a, a hugely common trope where it's like, oh, yeah. you heard a werewolf with silver. Yeah. 
Um, and there were a few different answers that I found. There, when As I was researching this, it didn't give me a solid concrete, this is why silver is known to be used against werewolves. Um, there were a lot of stories about like, well, in this story, they used a silver bullet that was crafted from a cross from this specific religious figure. And that was why. Oh, interesting. Right. So religion. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, but other things, you know, silver is a common, uh, tool used to ward against evil throughout mythology, um, in general. Yeah. Right. Um, some legends tell of silver poisoning, uh, apparently it is more like werewolf blood is more susceptible to silver poisoning. Um, and so shooting one in the heart with, with a silver bullet would be the fastest way to contaminate their bloodstream. So that's, that's one reason. Um, in other legends, lycanthropy is a bloodborne virus, and silver can kill that or cure it due to its antibiotic uh, properties. Does it have antibiotic properties? I believe it does. Wow. And then silver has also been attributed to the moon for thousands of years, which may be another reason That's for why true. it affects creatures of the moon. Um, so if, you know, if werewolves are tied to the moon and silver is associated with the moon, it would make sense as to why they're so affected by it. Interesting. Um, and then I have a few examples of werewolves in urban fantasy, which There's there so are many. so yeah. many. Yeah. Um, so the first, obviously, that comes to my mind is the Mercy Thompson series. Absolutely. Um, because it's one of my favorites, it honestly. It's got to be one of the best, for sure. And it's very well done. Very well done. She is brilliant. Um, the Kitty Norval series, which I know you read. Yes. I haven't read it. You haven't read that? No. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't mind reading it. It's very good. Yeah. Very, very good. Uh, the Kate Daniels series with wolf shapeshifters, but they have shapeshifters in general. They do. But wolf shapeshifters, they do have. They do. So that was one that popped up as I was uh, thinking about it. And then the Twilight series. I think it was the first one where it was like, it. I mean, not the first one, but it was the uh, first like mainstream, heavily popularized vampires versus werewolves, um, teen made, mm -hmm. made modern era. Well, Underworld. Well, I'm saying, like, modern, like, I mean, yeah, that's modern, but, like, this one became... And, and that one was more teen. Right. Whereas Underworld was not. Right, but Underworld also didn't create, like, I mean, you you say, oh, have you heard of Twilight, or have you even seen a movie, or have you seen the books? Someone has. Yeah. Whereas Underworld, they're Underworld like, Underworld eh. is more like a cult thing. Yeah. We're, we're cultish, yeah. guys, sorry. <laughs> um, one of my favorite werewolf, werewolf, werewolf. Wow. Uh, werewolf movies, I, the book is not the same. Mm. Blood and Chocolate. Blood and Chocolate. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. It's a good movie. And, you know, talking about the way that you turn into the werewolf and mercy, it's a painful process yeah. that takes a lot of time to change from human to wolf and wolf back to human. Mm -hmm. And in Blood and Magic in the, Blood the and movie, Chocolate. Blood and... <laughs> What is, blood, and, blood and chocolate. But blood, blood and chocolate. Wow. I, I've been drinking for a while, y'all. So you can see it's dark outside. It, it's five o'clock somewhere. Um, it was a seamless change. Yeah. It was absolutely a magical, seamless change from human shape. And I love that movie. Yeah. And I love the way the movie ended as opposed to the book. Oh, Yeah. I, well, yeah, I liked both. I, I've read and watched it, but I liked both. There are 
I only really like endings that are cringy and horror. They're supposed to be cringy and horror. But when I read an urban fantasy, I don't expect, I, I, I don't want the happily ever ending thing, but I don't want it to be bad. Not that that was bad. It was not. I know. I, I, I like the happy, happier endings. Yeah. With the hope of more. Yeah. Whereas that one, there was no hope anymore. That's probably what it is. It's, it's the hope of it. There was lost hope in the book as yeah. opposed to in the movie, there was still hope. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, I think it depends on, you know, what you're looking for. Me um, too, because I love the horror movies that there's no hope. Like Drag Me to Hell. Right. One of my favorite horror movies ever. I just, I mean, and you're hoping all the way through she's going to do it. And then she doesn't. Did you like, um, did you like uh, the Kate Beckinsale Van Helsing? Where, uh, you know, I, she ended up dead because the werewolf killed her. I was not a fan of that whole movie. Yeah. And I don't know why. Yeah. Because I love that kind of stuff. And I expected with those actors, mm -hmm. I love both of those actors. Yeah. Um, the guy from... Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I, I love both of them. So I expected more from it. But it was either the writing that I couldn't get beyond... Because even even good actors can't make bad writing right, good. Right. I don't know. I haven't seen I, it since I was like eleven. I love so. that storyline. And so for me to not like that, there was something wrong. Yeah. Like I love King Arthur stories. Right. No matter how they're done, I love them unless it's really bad writing. And yeah. then I can't get beyond and I love King Arthur stories. Yeah. I love Merlin and right. all of that. Right. So I did not really, and I love Kate Beckinsale, and mm -hmm. I could not. I was, was just okay. curious, because it was another werewolf story. I was glad to have watched it, and yeah. I would recommend everybody watch it, but it's not one that I would rave about and say, oh, yeah, you got to watch it 50 million times like your father does. Huh. My God, that man, when he finds a movie he likes, tell me I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. He watches it over and over and over which is fine. I mean, I like the movies that he likes. Like we're talking about like apocalyptical movies, uh, 2012. Mm -hmm. um, Day After Tomorrow. Day After Tomorrow. Yep. But my God, how many times can you watch those movies? I mean, I guess as many times as you want. Yeah. <laughs> Was that all you had about werewolves? That is all I have about werewolves. I feel like we could do many, many episodes. Oh, I believe it. Werewolves I... and vampires. Alone. Well, because I mean, there are other stories that I've read about them. I was mostly focused on how they're created, mm -hmm. uh, their origin story, um, and then the the silver thing was just kind of like a side story. That is um, fascinating. That's like what made me think of Blood and Chocolate was when you talked about the silver thing. Yeah, and that film company. Yeah, where in the olden days they used the silver, silver to, nitrate. Yeah, yeah, to develop the film, and uh, very well done that yeah. movie. Yeah, because, well, because, like, there are other legends, you know, I think one of the most interesting things about werewolves to me is that they are in every single culture, um, or in a lot of cultures, rather, there are, you know, uh, as I was researching this, there were stories about uh, the Mexican werewolf, there were stories about uh, South American werewolves, there were stories about 
um, werewolves in obviously Germany and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I just found that super interesting. There, there is a story about Irish werewolves where they're very friendly, but they come and leave a fish on the windowsill. There's something like that. So like, that's initially what got me interested in like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about werewolves because you know, there's a stereotype um, that they represent in urban fantasy, but there is more to them than just that. Um, there is. So and, there's, and there's more to do with them. We probably will do more episodes on our regular um, side of things as opposed to the myth and monster side of things that, because werewolves are very popular mm -hmm. in urban fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, shoot, I have one in my Aiden book. Yeah. I mean, you're, the Aiden book started as a full on werewolf thing before started, you, but it, I'm, it, she has changed it, which I can't wait to read the latest, but yeah, I mean, interesting. Are you, you ready for mine? Yeah, what do you have for me? I'm going to talk about the Jersey Devil. Oh, I've, which, I've heard a little bit about, about this, it, but I like, can never remember what exactly is the what Jersey it is. Devil. Yeah. So I got a lot of this from Weird New Jersey, Weird NJ, Wikipedia, and PinelandAlliance.org, which gives it some kind of credibility there. All right. It's a dot org. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, it is in the New Jersey Pinelands, which PinelandAlliance.org yeah. comes from. Okay. So the New Jersey Pinelands is home to miles of pine trees and sandy roads, and it's here that the Jersey Devil is said to reside. It is described as a kangaroo-like creature with the face of a horse, the head of a dog, bat-like wings, horns, a tail, blood-red eyes, and a chilling shriek. I think the blood-red eyes and the chilling shriek would get me the most. Like the rest of it, I'd be like, that's a weird animal. But then the, the chilling shriek and the blood, yeah. the blood-red eyes, I'd that be like, red mm, eyes be not gonna, not gonna mess with that one. It has said that it is said that this creature has wandered the marshes of southern New Jersey for 250 years, sometimes oh. rampaging through cities and towns. We should get Courtney to go there. Yeah, she's not far. <laughs> That's my oldest sister. <laughs> Where is Princeton? I don't know. Is it north or south? New Jersey is very tiny. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. That's what I'm saying. We should go visit her. And no, no, no. We just get Courtney no, in Montana to go. No, visit and we do randonado. No, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 Okay. So, it apparently will attack and eat animals ranging from house cats to small deer, and it likes to spook stranded tourists by jumping on the hoods of their cars. Oh, cute. So, the legend is that in 1735, a Pines resident known as Mother Leeds found herself pregnant for the 13th time. 13. Leeds is the name of, of a, it's a family name from New Jersey's earliest settlers and many descendants of the Leeds family still are found there in New Jersey today. Wow. So this woman was called Mother Leeds. Yeah. And finding herself pregnant for the 13th, 13th time, Jesus. she allegedly cried out in frustration in the beginning of her pregnancy and cursed the unborn baby. By the time the baby was born, of course, she had forgot about that frustration of finding herself pregnant with her 13th freaking baby. I had four. My God, I can't imagine 13. <laughs> the baby was born on a stormy night, of course. Yeah. 
with midwives gathered around to help with the labor, and the child was born a beautiful, normal baby boy. Okay. Or so it seemed. Okay. Is it evil? However, within minutes, that all changed. Did it shriek with a blood? It yes. did shriek. Wonderful. The baby started to change and metamorphosed into, right in front of their eyes, within moments, into a hideous creature. Horns burst from its, the top of its head, claws erupted from its fingertips, leathery bat-like wings unfurled from its back, and its eyes began to glow red, and the child's face became gnarled. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that there's something wrong with your kid. I would say so. The baby attacked its mother, killing her, as well as some of the midwife's presence, present, screeching with this unearthly shriek. Good. It burst from the bedroom into the living room, killing some of its family members before flying up the chimney and escaping into the night into the pine lungs where it now still resides. Right. To this day, the creature, known varyingly as the Leeds Devil or the Jersey Devil, claims the pines as its own and terrorizes any who are unfortunate enough to encounter it. Wonderful. An interesting fact is that they think that Mother Leeds has been identified as Deborah Leeds based on the fact that her husband, Jafet Leeds, had a will naming 12 children in it. Wow. Okay. Which was even in those times, it was uncommon to have that many mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not uncommon to have eight kids or six kids or whatever. Right. But, but 13, 13 or 12 is, yeah. is a lot of kids. So. To find that, so they think that this woman was actually Deborah Leeds and that this is a true person that existed. Right. In the 18th and 19th century, accounts of the Leeds devil abounded. The most infamous account took place in 1909 for an entire week. A week? A whole week of deviltry. Okay, deviltry. <laughs> Early in the week, reports started emerging from all across the Delaware Valley that strange tracks were being found in the snow. The mysterious footprints went over and under fences, through fields and backyards, and across the rooftops of houses. Okay. They were even reported in, large, in the large cities of Camden and Philadelphia. Panic set in and spread, and posses were formed in more than one town, and fear and intrigue grew even greater when it was reported that bloodhounds refused to follow the unidentified creature's trail in Hampton. Huh. Schools were closed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. crazy. Um, and throughout, all throughout no, lower New Jersey and in Philadelphia, and uh, mills and pine barrens were forced to close when workers refused to leave their homes to go to work. So it was a real something issue. Was, like there, there was there was absolutely something. Whether it was a strange creature or not, it could have been, you know, a wolf or whatever. In Jersey, it, I don't know. I don't but know. but whatever it was, it was enough that it scared the townsfolk. Enough reality was going on that it right. scared the townsfolk enough to not go to school, not send their children to school, or, or not go, go to, to work. work. Right. Yeah. Eyewitnesses spotted the beast in Camden and in Bristol, Pennsylvania, and in both cities, the police fired on it, Okay, but did not manage to bring it down. Of course not. 
A few days later, it reappeared in Camden, which I'm not a big, um, I don't know the geography, the geography yeah. of New Jersey very well. Courtney probably does. Yeah. Attacking a late night meeting of a social club and then flying away. Earlier that day, it had appeared at Haddon Heights, terrorizing a trolley car full of passengers before flying away. And witnesses claimed that it looked like a large flying kangaroo. Interesting. Very strange. Yeah. Another trolley car full of people saw it in Burlington when it scurried across the tracks in front of their car. In West Collingswood, it appeared on the roof of a house, and it was described as an ostrich-like creature. Firemen turned their hose upon it, but it attacked them and then flew away. The entire week, people reported that their livestock, particularly their chickens, were being slaughtered. This was most widespread in the towns of Bridgeton and Millville. The creature appeared later in the week in Camden again, where lo a local woman found the beast attempting to eat her dog. Oh. She hit it with a broomstick and it flew away. Sightings of the Jersey Devil have continued to be reported to this day. Yeah. And the creature has been embraced now by all of New Jersey, even to the point that it is commercialized. Right. Um, the devil is portrayed in toys, on t-shirts, even the subject of its own feature film. There have been actually several many, films, many films about the Jersey yeah. Devil. Most famously, the devil has lent its name to the New Jersey's hockey team. Oh, true. Oh, true. Devils. Yeah. 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 In 1939, it was named as the official state demon. The official state demon. <laughs> How many states have an official state I demon? I don't want a demon in our state. Uh, mm. don't well, want Georgia we, have, we have the whole devil went down to Georgia thing. Well, that's true. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> Most often, people report finding strange, unidentifiable tracks in sandy soil um, and desolate areas of Pine Marrons. Some reports claim that they are footprints of a strange bird. Others say that they closely resemble hoof prints, although whatever it is, it walks on two legs. Oh. Um, there have been a substantial amount of reports that describe the tracks as being cloven. Okay. Like, say, like a, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the devil. Right. Um, while less frequent, there are still occasional reports of people seeing him, seeing it, whatever it is. Right. Um, he is most commonly described as having a body of a kangaroo, the head of a dog, the face of a horse, large leathery wings, antlers similar to that of a deer, and a forked reptilian tail and intimidating claws. Not so, just normal fluffy claws. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so here are some witness accounts. Okay. This guy says, this has haunted me since it happened in 1972. So we're talking fairly recent i mean not like the 1700s anymore, right right like hundreds of years ago yeah um i was a senior at what was then glasboro state college okay i had heard about the jersey devil when i came to south jersey being from north jersey a different world sure i thought i was far too sophisticated to believe in such humbuggery one winter night i was driving to glasboro from blackwood 
on Green Tree Road, which all of these things probably mean something to people that live in Jersey, but right. I don't know. Um, at the time, the road was flanked by orchards and orchards and farms. There were few houses and there were hardly any, there was hardly any development. I was completely sober and awake when I caught a glimpse of something in my rear view mirror. Curious as to what it might have been, I slowed down to take the candle. It was dark out, but the moon lit enough that I had no trouble at all discerning the upright figure of a creature crossing the road from one side to the other, roughly 25 feet behind my car. The figure stood taller than a man by far, had thick haunches, similar to a goat's, supporting its nearly human-looking torso and a huge woolly head. It moved heavily and didn't seem at all disturbed by my being there. I didn't linger long enough to see much more. I hit the gas and flew to the Mansion Park apartments in the borough, so petrified that I slept in the car the rest of the night afraid to get out. Hell no, I, I would get out and inside some walls. I don't, I feel like You're surrounded apartment. by glass and a Thank car. <laughs> Never again from that day have I ridden on Green Tree Road day or night, and I haven't forgotten the heebie-jeebies just thinking about that winter night long ago. Yeah. That was Mary Ritzer Christensen. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. I was, I was going to ask if they, like, lingered to see, you know, if it did anything or looked mm -hmm. at them or whatever, because looking at it in a, in a rear view mirror, I imagine is, like, you're, you're trying to see in this tiny window yeah. of space, like, oh, what is that? Like, you know, can it, I see it? It could be a deer. I know that, I know they're saying it's on its hind legs, whatever, but in the dark, things look funky. Yeah. When I drive on the road right outside my house in the dark, it looks totally different than yeah. it does in daylight. Yeah. I don't know that. Forest rangers are experts in wildlife that inhabits the woods near where they patrol. Mm -hmm. But in 1980, which is still very recent. Current, Wharton State Forest Chief Ranger Alan McFarland saw something that both grossed him out and stumped his wildlife knowledge. A brutal scene on a South Jersey farm where a pack of pigs had been killed. Okay. He reported that the backs of their heads were eaten and their bodies were scratched and torn. However, there were no tracks surrounding the bodies and no blood on the ground. Weird. Which reminds me of my chupacabra story. That yeah. That's another one of mine. I'm not a huge fan of the, the back of the head eaten. Like, why not just take the whole head? I just, know. Just, or why not the guts or whatever. Right. The haunches. Where I, the good just, meat listen, is. just take I mean, the whole head. Just take know? the whole head. Just chop. Just, hmm. If you can take off the back of the head, you can take the whole thing. I'm now, what saying. you all need to go and check out, and I looked at this earlier, David Black, who is a or was a uh, security guard, Yeah, was driving along and he thought it was dark and he thought he saw a llama. Oh, oh God. And he's like, why is there a llama? And so he had his camera and he took a picture of it and the picture is online. You all need to go look at it. He took a picture on his cell phone and that so is that was recent, one like of, hella recent. One of the documented sightings of this Jersey Devil, and you know it's been said that it's fake. It's all of that, and he swears it is not fake. Listen, if I see a llama in the woods, I'm running. <laughs> I'm just thinking a llama. Really? I, I don't know. Llamas are not 
indigenous to our area, although there are, like, we saw llamas in North Carolina on the farm that we went to. Right. Right. So, I mean, like, I mean, the odds. uh, Right. Right. But it flew. It flew away. Flying llamas, no thank you. Yeah, flying llamas, don't know about. So, in urban fantasy, there was a whole episode in the X-Files. Yeah. It was in season one, which to me is the best of all the seasons. Um, Episode five. Yeah. Also, Destination Truth did an episode on it trying to find proof of the the Dursey 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 Devil. Devil. (laughs) Wow. Um, But thinking about that, there's a lot of ideas. I mean, you're kind of constrained. It's not like werewolves that you can do a whole lot of. Right, right. But there are some things. I like the origin story. Yeah. Um, You can use that origin story to use to do something else with it um it might be more horror than urban fantasy right um but what if the mom the the mother lead was a witch and sometimes somehow her magic mutated the baby right so it's not that the baby is this jersey devil what if something it was magic did mutated by magic or whatever you could think about that what if um yeah, the magic infested the child. Mm-hmm. What if it's still a human, but magic has now somehow done something to it? Yeah. What if it is a shapeshifter? Because True. when it was born, it, it changed it shape looked like yeah. a normal baby. Yeah. And what what can you imagine a shapeshifter being born? What would it do upon being born? It probably would shapeshift. Right. Well, that's so. like in the Mercy Thompson novels, like her mom didn't know that she was a shapeshifter until she walked in and in the crib there was a baby coyote instead yeah. of her daughter so yeah. so yeah you can use that kind of stuff yeah so interesting yeah i i thought it was fascinating i had heard about it before i didn't i've heard lots of things about it about but yeah because like i always equate it to you know oh it's the jersey devil oh there's the mothman you know you yeah that kind of thing which the mothman's another one we should probably do i don't know the details of that one either yeah yeah super interesting yeah neat lots of ideas for urban fantasy stories yeah well cool thank you guys for listening that was our special episode for the end of november yes happy turkey month happy turkey month hope it was a good one for y'all see you next time thanks guys